Welcome to Exposed Conferences. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we are going to be exposing the current trends, challenges, and the future of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today. I hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. On today's episode, we are speaking with Dr. Kim, a health behavior scientist with a PhD in community health from the University of Toronto, professional speaker, CMP, preferred provider, and certified yoga instructor. She's on a mission to infuse energy into virtual events with her virtual wellness experiences that turn attendees from Zoom zombies to invigorated meeting mavens. I'm so glad we're sitting down today to talk about wellness for virtual events because it's so fitting, right? It's the beginning of the new year. Everybody's hyper-focused on their intentions for the year. And I think we could all use a little motivation and energy after what we experienced in 2020. So welcome, Dr. Kim, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Christina, and thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be sharing my my passion and expertise in wellness. In 2020, we saw a lot of in-person events pivot to virtual and a lot of lessons learned in the virtual space. We also saw a lot of really cool experiential activities that were incorporated into the programs of virtual conferences and people got really creative in the area of health and wellness. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you've seen this last year in the virtual space? And for those who haven't done anything with health and wellness in their events just yet, what you can recommend for 2021? 2020 was in some ways a write-off. I think that meeting and event professionals were just expecting to go back to business as usual. So when they realized that they weren't going live, they essentially, and I'm going to be a little bit bold, they essentially took their agenda, which would have been live, and just stuck it on a virtual platform and called it a virtual meeting. The days were long, there were back-to-back breakout sessions, and people are homeschooling their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, their life is is at home now. They have the kids and um, their spouses are at home. And I mean, their whole life has been integrated at home and boundaries between work, family, leisure, the end of your workday, everything has been blurred. And then when you stick a virtual full day meeting on top of that, it becomes really hard to stay focused and engaged. So participants were feeling burnt out from back to back sessions. Now, 2021, the events industry is realizing that we need to do things differently. And the vaccine, um, it's not fully rolled out. Observers are realizing that hybrid and virtual meetings are not going anywhere. They're here to stay for a while. So we need to work with that scenario. And so how do we do this differently? I think focus on the human element the human operating system. There's been so much focus about the physical safety and and recovering and planning for 2021 or 2022, but the whole aspect of the human being has been neglected. And the events industry is realizing that they need to start focusing on attendee engagement. But a lot of people don't know what that looks like. And how do we actually engage attendees? We want to keep them on the platform, but if we're going to continue with this death by PowerPoint and back-to-back sessions and long days, they're going to check themselves off the platform. So how do we do things differently in a more interactive, integrated way? There are virtual meetings that are shorter days, maybe half days, but over five days as opposed to three days so that people can get some of their work in and, and help with homeschooling their kids. But it's really being mindful and respectful that people have lives and everything has become integrated into 
one place in space, which is at home. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And so what would you say as far as putting together a wellness program? Um, what are some key components for a successful wellness program? Okay. What does that look like? So what I'm hoping it's not con- going to continue as is the early morning uh, Zumba or step challenge that happens that typically happens in live events, but we know at live events, early morning breaks are not well attended. They're typically attended by less than 10% of people. And I know that because I've led them. (laughs) And especially when they're at events like Vegas or New Orleans, they're very poorly attended. But more importantly, it's nice for people to work out before the day, but it's keeping people engaged throughout the virtual meeting day. And that's what's most important. So what we can do is have short mind-body breaks in between breakout sessions so that attendees continue to feel energized, alert, engaged, and and focused. If there are long workshops or breakout sessions, some type of mind-body break halfway or partway through, but it's really keeping attendees engaged during the event at the end of the day as well and up to bedtime. So it's from wake time to bedtime. And even though people are working at home and dress more casually, at least from waist up, um, they don't want to sweat because they're still on camera, unless they, they're so zoomed out that they take themselves off. They're still on camera and they want to look presentable. So it, it's how do, you, how do you engage them in a way that's sweat-free, it gets the blood flowing to the working muscles and oxygen to the brain, and it, it enables them to reset and refocus. And so what we have inside of our virtual wellness lounge, which is populated with a whole library of mind-body breaks that are no more than five minutes in length, is we have these game boards, the roadmaps, um, where we take people on a journey from the time they get up, mid-morning, lunchtime, mid-afternoon, between sessions, end of day, and up to bedtime with different activities and things that they can do. It's having participants really be mindful of when they get up, setting your intention for the day. What do you want your day to feel or to look like? Because energy flows where your intention goes. That's a good time to do a mindfulness practice. Mid-morning to do um, some type of light stretch break or some type of strengthening break. What are you going to have for lunch? Are you going to have a whole um, bowl of pasta, which might put you to sleep? Build a balanced plate with protein, grains, fruits, and vegetables. And then as you carry on your day, making sure that you're well hydrated, you're taking your breaks, dinner time again. There's oftentimes healthy, like happy hour activities that could be had. There's dinner time, how to eat healthy there. And also, how do you get a good night's sleep? There's some sleep tips that we give. And even things as basic as Blu-ray glasses. There's different glasses for nighttime and different glasses for daytime. When people get headaches, it's often because of the, the rays emanating from the computer. So it's giving them the information so that they could make healthy choices yeah, I think that's great because you're really thinking about the whole day experience as opposed to just a certain time frame. Typically, we offer an opportunity for them to get up and you know use the restroom or grab a drink of water. But also, it's nice to be able to just get up and stretch your legs and shake out a little bit and have you know somebody to kind of walk you through that as well. You know, there's been times where I've been sitting at my desk and I think, oh, it'd be so nice to get outside for just a quick walk, you know, just anything to kind of get the blood flowing. Exactly. We are so fixated on computers and Zoom. There is no reason why we can't have walking meetings for smaller groups that work really well for um, group work, problem solving. There is no reason why we can't, uh, you and I, uh, we're speaking audio only. We're not uh, looking at each other in a Zoom call. There is no reason why people can't take some meetings and sessions outside while walking. 
And also matching people. Now, uh, a lot of the platforms, they have AI interfaces and there's different ways that, that where they're connecting people based on commonalities, similar interests. So there could be uh, some functionality on a platform that links people who want to have, have walking sessions or networking over a walk. I think the theme of 2021 is really, it's the human element, but it's also building empathy and compassion into events. When we talk about attendee engagement, what does that mean? I mean, we need to walk our talk. I'm using the walking metaphor, the analogy is we need to put ourselves in the attendee's shoes and taking ourselves through the journey that the attendees experience from the time they wake up in their busy, integrated lives to the time they go to sleep. And how could we make that meeting experience meaningful and impactful and engaging? There are so many activities to do from morning to nighttime, and they don't have to be lengthy activities, five to 10 minutes, or just tidbits of information. I mean, as we're going through um, the meetings, I think that what I like to think about is that participants, they remember experiences over information. They're inundated with information. They're zoomed out from all this back-to-back content. And they want more inspiration and transformation. So how can we create that experience? I've spoken to many meeting planners and they're admitting that they are looking at less content and more fun and more experiences. So what experiences can we can we deliver? Even if we think about yoga, it's pretty generic. And there are so many yoga instructors. But why don't we focus on yoga that really is more like a desk jockey yoga? So it's focusing on yoga for the desk jockeys. So really stretching out the muscles that become significantly impacted when we're sitting all day long. So it's just really, you know, thinking about the journey and the experience and figuring out how we can enhance the experience, which then translates into better information retention, a better experience, repeat attendance, sponsorship opportunities, etc. So you've participated in a bunch of events within the last year. You said you spoke to a lot of meeting planners about their particular programs and their wellness offerings. What kind of response are you seeing from so I'm thinking even about a breakout session I gave. It was a talk using Keynote, um, Keynote slides, but my Keynote slides are different. There's a lot of pictures and very few points on there. They're not, it's not packed, but um, the rule of thumb for, for learning, adult learning, is to change things up every 10 minutes. So you give 10 minutes of content, then you have the interactive chat, and then I get people up and doing some yoga and stretches, and then we sit back down and we do some chair-ups. Like every 10 minutes, we're doing something different. So it, it, it's highly interactive. And one of the, the, the comments that I got was that this was the best session I've ever experienced because attendees actually got up from their chairs and stretched and had took a break, which was very interesting. And that's really what's needed. I mean, it seems so obvious, but it's so, it's so seldomly done. So speakers to integrate movement into their sessions is helpful. Another thing that I've been hearing a lot, we have this self-contained virtual wellness lounge with our videos. And what I've been hearing is that some meeting planners really like offering something for attendees to do at their own leisure. And it's like kind of a check in the box. They, They offer this. Attendees can access the lounge in their own time. A lot of events prefer that the content is integrated into their agenda and broadcasted out to attendees. And when you think about virtual events, it's really like we're really flipping it on its head because virtual events are essentially broadcasting 
opportunities, like a broadcasting venue. So think about the opportunities for sponsors to have this broadcast platform where content is broadcasted out to attendees via video during the event, before pre-conference workshops, after the event, the platforms are typically available up to 90 days or so. Also, events are now looking for enduring education content. Again, we have this the replay and the broadcast model. So there's so much opportunity to get creative beyond banner ads and things. But, you know, if there's exercise break videos, this is an opportunity to, to white label them or to have a, a bookends with um, a welcome and a, a closing slide. This break is brought to you by whatever the sponsoring company with the logo and contact information. So there's so many opportunities for pre-recorded videos, any breaks beyond just the typical banner ads. What I'm also suggesting to clients is that if they if they do want a pre-recorded video, there's an option to have a custom introduction so that the video actually feels like it's integrated into the event. So, you know, when we know what time slot it, it, it's the um, break happens, there could be an introduction about, you know, it was such a great morning. We had this keynote and that, you know, it's, it was all pre-recorded and a custom intro was included in the event, but it felt like I was at the conference, even though it was delivered by video. And that really, really is meaningful. Like attendees really like that and meeting planners do as well. It really personalizes the experience. So that option is available and it's really easy to do. Yeah. You want to feel like the person's there, not like they recorded this a week or two weeks ago. Right. Right. It, yeah. In their kitchen or whatever. So you want to feel like, well, first that they, they're the recording quote unquote studio looks somewhat like an office. I mean, I've seen recordings uh, like yoga breaks in people's messy kitchens and, and then, you, you know, you're so busy focusing on the mess and not on the instructor. So it has to be professional as well, but we're all expecting this to be done in our homes, which makes it really inviting. It really personalizes the experience. That being said, you know, the lighting has to be sufficient, the audio, et cetera. So, you know, we have to be set up in a professional way as well. Absolutely. Um, so kind of looking to 2021, I know we're still in the space of most events will most likely be virtual for the upcoming year, at least with, I would say, first quarter. But as we start to look towards hybrid events where it's going to be in-person and virtual, how do you engage both audiences if you're in-person and virtual? So that is really key, is to feel like there's a shared experience. And again, it ties back into empathy and compassion. And I think it's really key because you don't want the people who are at home virtually feeling like second class, like sitting in the coach section of the airplane and the people who are there um, at the event live being in first class. So it's all about leveling the playing field and having a shared experience. And that could be anything from delivering digital or physical swag bags. It could be, and there have been quite a few events I've I've heard in Canada um, where food is delivered. So everyone is sitting down and having the same meal. And there's another idea. I, I've been to events where um, a half a day is booked off for live events, a volunteer day, cleaning up the community or we're assembling kits for Red Cross or something like that. And so I was thinking about a concept where we can have a shared experience, people live assembling kits like for charities and also virtually. So it's, um, it's called virtual volunteering. And I think it's a really neat concept where these social enterprise companies, they work with an, an association and they pick out a charity of choice. These um, You could shop online for contents that you want to include in your 
your packing kit. The kits are sent for live events and they're also sent to individuals. So if you're in a virtual meeting, you're all online, like like the Brady Bunch with the different screens, you're packing your kits, you're schmoozing, you're over a drink and etc. But you're you're doing a virtual volunteering kit packing event, whether virtual or live, and you're all sharing the same experience. And there's companies that teach participants how to safely come together and give back through um, kit packing events. So I thought that would be a really clever thing. And that's something that I want to include in our toolbox, because one of the things is that when we think about health, we often think about physical health, like healthy eating and exercise. And I mean, my business is very much focused on the physical aspects, the eat, sleep, move and breathe. Um, The one thing that we don't do is mental health. And but the one thing that makes people feel better is by giving back. And I think is really needed during this pandemic. I love that idea. What a great way to engage people and put a smile on somebody's face. Dr. Kim, thank you so much. This has been such a great discussion on health and wellness tips for our event planners and for our listeners. Be sure to check out our website. I'm going to be listing Dr. Kim's health and wellness links on our page so you can have quick access to all the information she's shared on today's show. Thank you for listening to Exposed. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at Exposed Conferences Podcast. Buzzsprout.com.